The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Steven Serta. Chiefs are back on the practice field Thursday, and we heard from Chief Safety Tyron Matthew, who's expected to make his return to action this week against the Baltimore Ravens. We also heard from Offensive Coordinator Eric Bieniemy, Defensive Coordinator Steve Spagnolo, and Special Teams Coordinator Dave Tope. We'll go in that order. We'll start with Tyron Matthew, followed up with Eric Bieniemy. Then we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll hear from Steve Spagnolo and special teams coordinator Dave Tope. Here's Tyron Matthew. How are you feeling? You were obviously out for some days with the COVID stuff. You missed Sunday's game. How excited are you to make your return uh, this Sunday for the Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, it's a big game, man. Big time opponent. Playing against some good uh, football players. Uh, just excited to be back, man. Uh, you know, really put my hand in the pile. Uh, you know, just continue to help this team win games. But uh, it's good to be back around the game. Did you expect them to play last week? I mean, were you going through the week expecting them to be, to be up on Sunday? Uh, well, I was hopeful. Um, I, I was really hopeful that I, you know, obviously could possibly get cleared, um, you know, before the end of week uh, of practice. Um, I think it would be tough on anybody to kind of not practice for, for 10 days and then, uh, you know, try to go out there and play a game that, that you got to win, you know, at home. So um, I thought Coach Reed, training staff, uh, I thought everybody uh, you know, really made the best decision for me, you know, as a player. And um, so uh, that, that was much appreciated, uh, much respected, but very, very happy to, to be back. What was that like on Sunday, watching from the side? I mean, it's tough. You know, we, technically I, I wasn't injured. You know, I've been injured in this league before, and, um, you know, it's just, when you can't help your teammates, it, it, it always puts you in a bad spot. But I was proud of the way those guys fought, you know, throughout the game. Obviously, it didn't really start uh, how we how we wanted it to. Um, but uh, I thought those guys, you know, made the plays that mattered. Um, you know, that's why we were able to win the game. As you mentioned, this is the second game. Yeah, I think if, if I'm not, you know, I think I'm, I'm getting there. So, uh I think yesterday's practice was was pretty good for me. Uh, just going out there, you know, having a full workload, um, getting back into the communication, you know, just working with my boys. Um, anytime I see those guys, my teammates, uh, you know, it always gives you that extra energy, kind of uplift you. So uh, just looking forward to kind of continuing to stack them, uh, and then uh, you know, get in front of the world on Sunday night and 
You know, and show him what I can do. You were being you a coach a on the sideline. Uh, you had the earpiece in your ear. You guys always talk about next man up. Uh, what were some of the things you were telling those guys as you guys were trailing? Well, I mean, it's highs and lows in every football game. Um, you know, whether you feel like you're playing good or bad, um, you know, it's ebbs and flows. And, um, you know, but what I was trying to const constantly remind those guys is, you know, as long as there's time on the clock, you know, there's opportunities out there to make plays. And, um, you know, like I mentioned, you know, I think a lot of those guys stepped up, you know, made some plays when it really mattered. How did you feel Long Thornhill did uh, as you were watching him? Well, I, I, obviously I thought, you know, we, we try to hold ourselves to a high standard, you know, in the DB room. And, um, you know, I probably thought he didn't start the game how he wanted, how we wanted him to. Um, but, you know, he put his head down, man. Uh, you know, he came to the sideline. He took the coaching. Um, and that's all you can really ask for a young player, you know, is to take the coaching, try to learn from it, and then go back out there and make a play or two. And, you know, he made some big plays, you know, in that game. You know, I'm pretty sure it's, it's helping his confidence as he go forward, too. You know how film-heavy you are? <clears throat> as you um, prepare for Lamar Jackson, um, he's obviously going to get some of his, but how do you prevent him from really wrecking a game? Well, I mean, it's, a, it's mostly a mindset and an attitude. Um, you know, I think the last couple of times we played these guys, you know, uh, we've been getting their best shot. You know, I think last year was probably one of those years that um, they didn't really do what they're capable of doing on offense. Uh, I think this year, uh, this week, um, they're going to try to come in uh, and just get back to doing what they, they do well. And I think the emphasis is more on, you know, what we're capable of doing, how we're going to approach this week and, you know, just handling what we can handle. But uh, as much as you get 11 guys to the ball, I think that kind of, you know, helps when you're dealing with, you know, the Lamar Jacksons of the world. The last two, the last two years that you played him, they didn't have Sammy Watkins. He was on, you know, he was on your team. What challenges does he present, you know, from what you saw practice, what you would go up against, to now seeing him on the outside of the field? Yeah, I mean, Sam is a great player, you know, especially when he's healthy. Um, <laughs> I think the biggest thing with him is, you know, you know, he's been around us a while, so he kind of knows all the tricks and. You know, he knows what to expect. So, uh, you know, we, we've added some wrinkles uh, this week, uh, just kind of throw, throw things off a bit. But uh, we expect his best shot. Um, you know, I know him competing against us. He know, he know he's, he's going to get our best shot. So uh, he's definitely a player we got to account for. And you obviously, you know, the, the two games that you missed for Kansas City, you were injured uh, on these ones. Mm -hmm. But from the sidelines, how would you grade – uh, your DB class for what they did, especially with Mike Hughes getting the uh, game-winning interception? Well, I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, um, we don't want to give up 300 yards passing. Um, but I did thought those guys did a great job in man-to-man, -man, especially in the second half of the game. I thought they competed well. Um, and then, obviously, like I said, anytime you can make big plays in the game and get the ball back to our offense, um, that always helps the team. So um, just looking forward to seeing Mike and, and Traverius and, and all those guys continue to step up, uh, you know, and make them big. The running an unscouted look from something you haven't shown before. What's kind of going through your mind? I mean, is that an opportunity that you see to really be aggressive and get the offense, or are you kind of on guard? I mean, what's your kind of mindset? Well, I, I, I think, you know, most offensive guys react, and I think any time we can, you know, throw something at them to kind of get them off, um, it, those are where those big plays happen, interceptions, uh, the miscues on offense, all those things that kind of help the defense. Given how much you love practice, Tyron, just what did you feel like you missed or what you were longing for to come back into the building? Well, you know, like I, like I mentioned earlier, I just like being around the guys, man. Um, you know, I, I've been extremely blessed. I don't, I don't think I've ever been in a bad locker room. Um, so I've been blessed in that part. But anytime you could come to work, man, and, and do what you love to do, you know, with people that love to do it just as much as you do, 
um, is always uplifting, you know, encouraging. Being out for the reason that you were out before COVID, uh, does that give you kind of a different perspective on things? Well, I, I think you're always appreciative. Uh, I know I am. You know, just all my life experiences is trying to bottle them up. Um, you know, I think the most important thing is to always be, you know, appreciative, grateful. Um, you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. <laughs> you know, I, I, I know me personally. I didn't think I was, you know, ever going to catch COVID. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? So, but I did. And so uh, it's all about how you respond. That's why I like playing football. You know, um, you know, it gives you a chance to, you know, respond, you know, to, to, to adversity, criticism. Um, so I'm just looking forward to the challenge, uh, hoping I respond well for my teammates. Being back at Arrowhead, having all of the crowd noise, and that obviously helped you guys immensely in the second half. Now going on the road, kind of having the opposite. You guys having to now go up against the crowd noise. What's that like for you guys as a defense trying to stay focused? Well, it's important. Um, you know, I think communication is, is always important, you know, whether you're on the road or at home. Um, but I think any time you go into an environment like, you know, the Ravens or you know, Seattle or New Orleans, uh, you got to bring your own juice. You know, uh, you know, most of the people in those buildings aren't rooting for us, <laughs> you know, so it's going to be important for us to kind of show up with that attitude, that mindset, um, you know, and just make the plays that, that, that kind of take the air out the building. Okay, thanks, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. Good afternoon. Hope everybody's doing good. I hope everybody, families remain safe. Uh, what a great afternoon, uh, a great um, day it was this past weekend. Um, I thought our guys came out and played hard. I thought they did a great job of competing. It wasn't perfect, but you know what? We found a way to get across that line together, and that's all that matters. You know, shout out to the Chiefs Kingdom. I thought our fans did a hell of a job. That was a great atmosphere to be a part of. But now we're on to the next one. Our guys are working their tails off. We know we have a tremendous uh, challenge up front. Okay. So with that said, I'm all ears. Well, the question, obviously, you know, rumors, USC, uh, any truth to it? Have you talked to Andy about it? I mean, you can tell us. We'll keep a secret. But, you know, any interest in that position. Well, you know me. Okay. You guys know me. I am where my feet are. Okay. So when it's all said and done, when I am focused on the task at hand, I'm not worried about anything where my name is being mentioned. My job right now is to make sure that we're preparing, all right, for this weekend's of, uh, opponent. Along those same lines, though, Coach, if USC were to reach out to you, is this a position that you would probably find yourself interested in? I think you guys know me better than that. So if USC reached out to me right now, my answer would be I am preparing, all right, for this team to play against the Baltimore Ravens, and that's how I roll. You guys know that. You get. <laughs> I am where my feet are. Okay, my job is to make sure that we're ready to play a complete, sound, 60-minute football game where we can come out and win the game. You hear the name Sammy Watkins. What comes to mind with your experience with him? You know what? A, a, a beautiful soul. You know, uh, Sammy is a great kid. He did a lot of great things for us. It was actually weird watching him, you know, uh, on the uh, the game the other night, just seeing him and watching him. He actually looked pretty good. But uh, proud of him, you know, wishing him all the best with the exception of this weekend. So, <laughs> but uh, it would be good, you know, just to see him and say hello to him. Eric, uh, what are your thoughts on how uh, Orlando Brown and Lucas Mann played? 
Cleveland? You know what? I, like I said, uh, I thought they played hard. I thought they competed. One thing when you're playing in, that, in, that, in your first game, it's never perfect. But you know what? I thought our guys did a great job of just fighting every, uh, every opportunity that they had. And when it was all said and done, we gave ourselves an opportunity to win. And that's the thing that I'm proud of. And you know how I roll. It doesn't make a difference what numbers guys put out there. The only thing that matters are the alphabets. We found a way to come home with a W, and that's all that matters. What tells you those guys are going to, if anything, tells you those guys are going to play better this week? You know what? Just because of the chemistry that they've developed. You know, those guys understand the importance of being on the same page. There's some little things that I know Coach Heck is tweaking and making sure that these guys will be sound. But when it's all said and done with, these guys will learn through their experiences. You know, and sometimes those experiences ain't always necessarily the best ones. But it's the negative ones that have an impact on you that help you to grow together. Derek, how important is it to you to get another receiver really engaged in the passing game? And what's it going to take to do that, to have that full go? Well, I think our, our quarterback does a hell of a job <laughs> distributing the ball around. Now, I know certain guys have some, some high numbers, but, you know, sometimes that happens. But when it's all said and done, what all of our guys are included in everything that we do. And these guys have the ability to go out there and make plays. This week, those two made some plays. Next week, it could be someone else. But when it's all said and done with, everybody has a role. Everybody does their part, and everybody understands what it takes for us to make sure that we're on the same page so we can go out there and be successful to win. Okay, how do you, uh, I know you all find yourself down 8-0 uh, to start the game off, but as a running back, and I know OC, you all uh, ran the ball at a clip of a little over three yards of carry. Is that something that's you know, acceptable to you, or would you like to – see more from your line in the run game because you had 23 attempts put on the 73 yards rushing. And here's the thing. Yes, we would love to run the ball better. But when it's all said and done with, we got to win, okay? Now there's some things that we need to clean up. Yes. You know, can we be better up front? Yes. Can we see it a little better from the running back position? Yes. But when it's all said and done with, that's why you play the game. You make sure that you have those opportunities. You find the things that you didn't execute as well. And so you go and work it so you can make sure that we can improve upon it moving forward. But I thought, like I said, I thought our guys did a tremendous job of finding a way of dragging their asses across the finish line when it's all said and done with. What you, what you, what you saw Monday night uh, with uh, the Raiders defense and, and what you saw from the Raiders defense, what challenges do you see? What are some of the biggest challenges that's going to face your offense um, well, I mean, we've played against this team now for the past, this will be year four in a row. And uh, Coach Wink, the defense coordinator, he does a hell of a job. I mean, first and foremost, you know you got to be able to stop all the blitzes that are coming. you got to have a plan. You know, another thing, they're going to line up and play man coverage. They're very, very aggressive in what they do and how they want to attack. But when it's all said and done with you know, we know that you got to line up between the lines and go out and play. Our guys need to just make sure that they're relaxed and comfortable and allow their personalities to show. You know, it's important that we go out and play assignment sound football, but also it's important that we maximize the opportunities that are presented to us. And if you eliminate the mistakes, now you're giving yourself a chance to even go win in a tough uh, environment. Eric, what are your... Given what you said and where your feet are, 
I just wanted to ask for some clarity. Are you only wanting to pursue a head coaching job in the NFL, or would you be open to both options if we get to the end of the season and the coaching cycle has possibilities in both college and, and the NFL? You know what, Nate? That's a great question. But And I'll say this, not to disrespect you or anyone in here, okay? You guys know I'm a focus-driven individual. That's a question that I can answer when the season's over. You know, at this particular moment, my job is to make sure that we're ready to go. And when it's all said and done, with that stuff will take care of itself. You know, I got a bunch of guys here who are, count, who are counting on me. I always talk to our players about the importance of being accountable to one another. So how can you be accountable to someone if you're allowing distractions to seep in? This is not what we're about here. This is why we've had the success that we've had here, because we find ways to eliminate the distractions and focus on the task at hand. Today is our third down day, so it's situational football day. That's the task that I'm focused on, and I need to make sure that we come away with a good practice so we can give ourselves a chance to have a chance on Sunday to go out and play. On those third downs, Eric, we know the Ravens like to blitz, particularly when they get you in third and long situations. How much of just playing the Ravens year after year helped you in that regard, and was there any certain <laughs> looks that you saw against the Raiders that you did not see last year? Well, I'll say this. Obviously, they've, they've done, they're playing a little bit more zone coverage, which, is, which everybody does. But I will say this. Coach Wink is going to be Coach Wink. The Ravens are going to be the Ravens. And one thing that we do know, that's a tough, hard-nosed football team. They have a history there. And so we know those guys are going to be physical up front. They're going to be physical on the perimeter. Our guys understand that. Our receivers know. Our tight ends know. And our backs know. Right? Expect man coverage and react to zone. You got to have a plan. <laughs> you got to have a plan versus man coverage. You got to execute your plan, and you got to go out and win. And so, when it's all said and done with, that's our focus. Okay, we understand that they're going to give us a variety of different looks. It's not about what they do. It's about how well we go out and execute our game plan. Andy Reid noted how fast this defense is uh, that, that he sees on tape. Do you and, and Kafka have to be in Pat's ear a little bit just, just to be careful with some of the scrambles and, and different things that he sometimes likes to do, just like we saw in last game on the, the five-yard touchdown, for example? You know what? You never want to tell Pat that he can't do this or he can't do that. You want those guys' personalities to show. Now, he understands that he needs to protect himself. That's very important. But when it's all said and done with, like I said, we want our players' uh, personalities to show. They have to be able to be themselves. But they also understand, too, let's play within the scheme, all right, so we can go out and make sure that we're giving ourselves a chance to line up the next play and have an opportunity to, to execute that next play when it's all said and done with. How excited are you for Orlando to get this opportunity to go back? You know what? I think Orlando's pretty excited. Uh, but I, I'll say this. Orlando was drafted by this team. I know Coach Harbs, okay? That's a, first of all, Coach Harbs is a great man. He's a, he's a hell of a coach, and for them to trade him, I don't think there's any ill will or no bad blood. I think Orlando will probably be back, you know, uh, just be happy to be back just to see some of his old teammates. So, you know, I don't think there's no ill will for him going back. At the end of the day, yes, do you always want to play against your former team and beat them? Yes, I think that's a natural 
occurring thing. But more than anything, I guarantee you he'll be happy when it's all said and done with that he had an opportunity to see some of his closest friends. I know we talked about I mean, Justin is a hell of a football player. You know, it's a reason why he's had the career that he's had. And so we're very aware of what Justin brings to the table. We just need to make sure that we don't make it about Justin. We don't want all the attention going to Justin because that means that we're not actually doing what we need to do. We just need to go out there, allow our guys to play, and make sure that we're neutralizing their rush, but more importantly, making sure that we're focused on what we need to do. You talk about uh, playing within this game, of course, Patrick, the long pass, 75 yards to Tyree. Uh, how much of that is in this game, and how much of it is just Patrick <laughs> being Patrick? Well, I mean, sometimes plays break down. I think one thing Pat does a great job of is extending the play. And a part of that is, is it's a part of what we do and how we practice. Um, we're always talking to our guys about finishing, staying on the run. All right. When things break down, what, what is your responsibility? Where do you need to be in order for us to be effective? And so those are things that we work on. And you guys got to understand when those things happen on game day, it's not by chance that they happen. OK, it's because we've rehearsed it and worked on that stuff when things don't go right in practice. And so these guys have a rhythm. They trust each other. Guys know exactly where they're going to be in certain concepts when we're, we're, we're working a scramble drill. And so that's just the trust and chemistry that has been formulated over the years. As an offensive coach, which do you enjoy more? One play, 75 yards, or 14 <laughs> plays, 75 yards, seven and a half minutes like you did in the it, beginning? It, me being an old running back coach, it, it's... That, 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 that drive, you know what I mean? Just having the patience to drive the length of the field. Now, don't get me wrong. I'll take any touchdown on, <laughs> on one play. Hell, we can have eight plays and score, uh, you know, eight touchdowns. I, I'll be satisfied. But one thing that I've talked to our guys about is making sure that we have the ability to remain patient and drive the length of the field. Because certain defenses are playing in certain ways. As you saw, the Cleveland Browns and Joe, uh, Joe Woods and his defense, his defensive staff, they played more zone. They played everything from the back. They didn't want us beating them over the top. All right? So what they did, they allowed us to make sure that we can chew clock and execute by throwing underneath and making sure that we can sustain the drive. And so those are the things that we need to continue to focus on. All right. It's all about the little things. It's all about maximizing opportunities and everybody understanding exactly where they fit in those particular concepts that we're calling. You guys had a lot of talent in the running back room. And on Sunday, Clyde got the vast majority of the work. Gerald got a little bit. McKinnon got a few snaps. Do you, do you feel like that's going to be kind of the formula for you guys? Or is that more situational for what the Browns are showing? Well, I think, you know, each game presents a different issue. At that particular time, we felt Clyde was the hot hand, so we just allowed Clyde to continue to play. But there's no definitive of, of, of role of what we're going to do each and every, uh, every week. We just want our guys to go out there and play hard and play fast, have a sense of urgency and a sense of purpose, but more important, to be accountable to the next man. That's the things that, we're, that we worry about more than anything. Coach, you spoke about the blitz earlier, how the Ravens love the blitz. Patrick, throughout his career, has had a ton of success against the blitz. When you watch the film, how do you explain that, about how he's able to find success against extra rushers coming at him? You know what? He's done a great job of just progressing throughout his entire career. You know, first and foremost, learning the concepts. 
Second of all, having an understanding of, of, of all those different concepts and where everybody fits. You know, next thing, learning defenses and then having a great understanding of coverages. And so with all that said, and don't get me wrong, he's a fast learner. And with all that said, now you give him the freedom and the levity to make certain calls at the line of scrimmage, and it makes him dangerous because now this guy here, he has that vision. He has what we call that pilot vision. He has the ability to see things. And the thing about it, he'll see it, and he knows exactly what the voids are going to be in the defense. So he, <laughs> he sees it as a chess game, you know, whereas you got to think about the moves, you know, four and five uh, 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 moves ahead of time, you know, before it actually happens. So that's what's fun about him is just a strategy and just making sure that he's always – I want to say not 100% correct, but always has an answer, all right, to what they're doing. Anyone else? Thanks, Coach. Thank you, Coach. Thank you, Thank you. You just heard from Chief Safety Tyron Matthew and Offensive Coordinator Eric Bieniemy. Now we'll hear from Defensive Coordinator Steve Spagnolo, as well as Special Teams Coordinator Dave Tobe. I was going to say good afternoon, but it's morning, so I'll say good morning. Not quite 12 yet. Um, I, I don't have much. I'm just going to open it up and let it roll. We had a decent practice yesterday and another beautiful day today, so hopefully we'll have another good one. Okay. Hey, what kind of challenges do you see Baltimore? I know you got a chance to watch the game Monday night. Uh, the team has been successful the last two seasons against them. Any new challenges with the addition of Sammy Watkins that, that uh, offense might bring towards the defense? Yeah, I mean, listen, we, got, we know Sammy quite well, and – uh, how really good he is, and so our guys respect that on the back end. Uh, the other thing I know about this Baltimore crew is it's a gritty crew. I, I came to learn that they play better in situations like this, you know, coming off of Monday. Pretty tough go at it. It's been a while since uh, Juan's been out there with the ones playing that many minutes for snaps. Uh, your first take on It didn't feel any different because he gets out there a lot on the third down stuff and some other packages we have on first and second down. So I, I, I really almost didn't think of it that way. Uh, but I thought him and Dan uh, and all the guys, quite honestly, back there did a really good job. I, I told them uh, Tuesday that I was really proud of the whole group and the way they stepped up in the second half. And I was really proud of the back-end guys when we decided to play a little bit more man in the second half, how well they did. Uh, you really don't know that going in. And we, quite honestly, we were expecting to play against number 13, and he didn't play. But that didn't change anything with the way our guys were um, playing. And I thought they did a nice job with that in the second half. We know you're, you're very forward-facing with this part of the week. But um, Andy Reid, right after the game, did highlight your halftime adjustments. And I was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit more on maybe what you did differently. Yeah, I mean, listen, I give that stuff, I give credit to the assistants we have, to be quite honest with you. I mean, I rely on them to say, uh, I ask them, what are they doing to us? You know, what do we need to do differently? I mean, there were a couple of tweaks in there. Um, probably the biggest one. We have guys that can take that change and bring it out to the field, which our guys did. Um, they didn't embracing it. Because we talk, talk about this game, you know they're going to be run heavy. Yeah. What have you tried to work on? And then we're always talking, our term is wrap and release with a padded practice. Uh, we want to take care of each other, but I, I do want the guys to use their arms. And short of that, it's guys mentally getting in their head of how we're going to tackle, mid-target tackle, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there were some missed tackles. It was, we, we had more missed tackles in this game than we had had in the preseason games. 
uh, which hurt us a little bit. And I'm hoping that changes. Uh, and because if we don't make tackles against this crew, they did a really nice job. Yeah, I, I think I mentioned this before when somebody might have asked about Nick, but I think I did in the preseason games. It didn't appear to me that in the game, the game was too big for him. And I saw the same thing in this game. I watch him and Matt House and Hitch, Ben, all work while they're sitting down at the bench, and it not much phases him. He picks it right up. He'd be one of those guys, I say, that when we made a little tweak, you know, he went with it. You made a couple nice plays in the open field. I mean, did that part of his game surprise you, or were you expecting? Not really. Uh, the one thing about Nick is he's what I call a natural knee bender. Um, I'm not into 40 times and all that. I mean, you don't want five flat guys, but um, I don't get all caught up in the, you know, how fast they are. They play fast and they can bend and change direction. That's good enough for me, and I think he does that. What makes the Baltimore run game what it is? What is so difficult to defend? Well, number one, this, this is a no-brainer, right? Number eight, uh, because now you've got a, a, how, another guy that can run the football. You've got to count for him. And then to me, I, said, I think I said this last year, not only are they really good at edge runs with the option part of football, but they're a downhill come at you and hit in the mouth. To me, that now if you only had one of those, you go in there and say, this is what we've got to take away. Uh, but when you've got both of them and you have to plan for both, I think that's what makes it the toughest. How many, many points do you see that can do both those things well? Yeah, I have to go through the Rolodex in my mind in the league, but this is not, not many. No, not many. Reports on Baltimore that Ronnie Stanley's going to be out for a little while. They're already down a lot of guys in the backfield as well. Yeah. How do you prepare for that when you know that you're going to be seeing a different line and a different backfield? Well, to be quite honest with you, we're defending the scheme. Um, th this is our feeling. Whoever they put their back at running back is going to be a good running back. And whatever old line they put together is going to be an, a good old line. That's just how we approach it. Um, John Harbaugh does as good a job as anybody when – they're injured, you know, when they're coming off a tough week of getting his team ready to play. I, I expect that in this game. So we're not taking anything for granted. Those aren't, you know, we don't see weaknesses there. We just see a, a way of them getting grittier, so to speak. Coach, sorry to keep going back to last game, but with the slow start, how much did you sense that maybe it was some scheme and, and play issues and how much maybe Tyron Matthew was, was being missed with maybe getting guys in? Yeah, look, did we miss Tyron? Yeah, absolutely. But I want to give a credit to the guys that – that played. They did a really nice job. That opening game, and I felt this before we went in, was a tough out for us defensively because the offense is completely different than what we see. You, you follow me? That, that was completely different. And to try to simulate it was really, really hard. So I knew it might be a little bleedy early. Um, I, I, w I wish it wasn't as bleedy. Uh, but I still credit the guys for what they did in the second half. We have not seen we, we haven't seen Frank Clark all preseason first yeah. game. Looks like he's gearing towards playing on Sunday. What yeah. do we expect? What's he looking like? In yeah, I mean that's the look. That's the hope. We'll find out where we're at. Hopefully, no setbacks. Um, but you know, we need Frank out there. We need his juice. What he can do. I'm anxious to see it too. I, I other than that, uh, we're just getting him ready to go. A lot of emphasis put on the red zone the offseason. Uh, yeah. How do you feel like you fared? I <laughs> do very good. <laughs> uh, you know, we got some things to clean up. It, to me, it was more some alignment things, some assignment misses. And if, we, if you make mistakes down there, I mean, an extra three yards makes a big difference, right? Uh, and that's kind of what happened. So we weren't happy about that. We just get nothing we do about now except get ready for the next game in the red zone. Yeah, any, any thoughts, Steve, about Armani Watts? You guys used him a lot more in the second half. You still 
like using that three safety package? Just what did you, how did you think he performed? I thought Amani did a really good job. Um, what was good for Amani was that he had a week where he was getting a lot of the reps. It's really hard to be a backup in the NFL when when the first guys stay healthy and you don't get any reps and then you get thrown in the game because they get dinged. But and so I think that helped them and I and I thought it had a pretty solid game. It did. Just the value of, of Ty as a communicator. Yeah. And can you speak to that? Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'm not sure I can e express how important that is. I mean, I just came off a walkthrough and just hear, hearing his voice. And I mean, listen, I'm not the only one that feels comfortable with it. The other 10 that are in there, they're the ones that they know he's going to get it right. They listen, they're in tune. Um, but we got other guys that do the same thing, Hitch. And um, so he'll, it'll be good to get him back there, Ty. Communicate. Have you had any other players throughout your coaching career where having one guy on or not on the field impacts what you're doing more than, than Matthew does? Anyone else? At that uh, the only one that just jumped in my head was Antonio Pierce in New York, when the Mike linebacker. I mean, he ran the whole show. I'd say it's similar for us with Anthony Hitchens um, because those guys that make the other 10 better because they're lining them up, those guys are so valuable. And when you're putting somebody else in there that hasn't done it in a while, it's kind of off, you know. But, I, again, I thought the guys that went in there did a pretty good job. Steve Orlando Brown was asked yesterday about, uh, you know, if you asked him anything regarding the uh, Ravens offense, his reply was, I ain't no snitch. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Have you asked him anything? Uh, I think, it, you know, we would, uh, somewhere in training camp, we were walking off the field or something, and, you know, <laughs> or, uh, you know he said something, yeah, what do you got? But we didn't dive into playbooks or iPads or, I wish there was some big secrets, but, uh, you know, Orlando's, a pretty smart guy, but we always, as coaches, when you get a player and it's one of those, you worry, okay, does he actually know what they did or, or not know what they did? So, now, not not with Orlando, but some guys, we always say that. Anything else? Uh, coach, with no Tyron, no Frank, no Willie last week, what's it say about your guys that late in the game they came up big three straight times? Yeah, I, I would, that's, the more, that's what I'm most proud of. I, I, that was the first statement I made on Tuesday was I'm ex extremely proud with the way they stepped up in the second half. You know, I, I'm listen. I'm managing the downside, and I'm you know we're detailed and we're perfectionists. I, I wish we we hadn't had what happened in the first half to put our guys in a hole and force our offense to do what they did. But it's nice to know we have that kind of offense, and it's also nice to know that the defensive guys can hang in there and step up at the end and do what they did. Okay, thank you. When you watch the tape of the box now for the Browns. Yeah. How would you coach in that scenario? Is that a case where you would want Tommy to pick the ball up and try to repunt, or is yeah. that a situation where just like he did in the Super Bowl, you know, when he dropped it, he got it off real quick. The main thing is you don't panic. You know, uh, I think, um, I mean, I'm not going to say he panicked, but it looked like it. You know, <laughs> so I mean, you want to get it and get it out. Real quick before the rush gets on you, because we, you know, we, we we didn't have a rush on in that play, but we are rushing. We always rush at least one guy. But then when the crowd, you know, it was loud already, and then it got even louder. They knew something happened, so everybody came out of their holdups and went after the punter. And that's that's what happened. Anything you learned about any of your young guys on special teams on Sunday? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, we we always knew Lamons was a good player. You know, we. we, we and, and I'm glad we kept him. He really showed up. I mean, he uh, he had an outstanding game for us, um, you know, with the two tackles and then other things that he did too as well. He he was our best player on that day, and he was good. It was good to see uh, some of the young guys. It was good for him to get experience. It, it wasn't necessarily uh, you know an outstanding performance by any of them, but the game experience was was va was valuable for those guys.
you had a kind of a teachable moment uh, offside on an extra point can be pretty costly. Yeah, yeah, that's we learned that. <clears throat> I mean, Chris Jones, it's you know, it's um, he knows that. You know, it's just the center, if you if you looked at the play in detail, I mean, the snapper kind of shot his head down real quick and he kind of jumped on that. And we just know we got to sit in there, and, and that was, you know, it's it's done with. And thank God we won the game. The two points, that was a big, uh, you know, that was a big deal, you know, at that point. You mentioned Hill now as an emergency returner for you in the past, and so yeah. they might have called for that. How much consideration did you guys have for potentially quitting maybe Hill if you got? Well, we're, we're always, you know, Hill is always available, you know, and and he wants to do it. I mean, if if it was up to him, he'd be out there every down. You know, but we just can't. You know, we just can't. You know, he's just too valuable on offense, and, and we got to keep him fresh on offense. And uh, you know, he just does too much for us. But he—he's a guy that we have. You know, and it's a—it's a heck of a guy to have in your back pocket. You know, if you need it. Did anybody separate themselves in, in the various returning roles, or is it still kind of figuring out who's going to ultimately? I mean, we really didn't get an opportunity. We only got two opportunities in the punt return game. You know, the one, the botch snap. The, he, he botched the snap, and then the other one was just one return that. You know, McColl had where he's he actually had he was had uh, Tyreek's helmet on. I don't know if you guys know that, but it was a crazy deal. I mean, he, he had the wrong helmet. You know, ran on the field, and uh, you know we said get out there. He he tried to put his helmet on and go. So it was kind of crazy, but uh, really that was the only opportunity. And then you know we had the two kick returns with, with Pringle. We love Pringle. I mean, uh, you know we didn't we didn't block it up as well as we needed to on those two returns that we the opportunities we had. But, you know, we still feel really good about Pringle. And, you know, and, and Mike Hughes is a guy that we could use on either one. So we, we feel good there. I was going to say, on that return where, where Harvey just ran out there, was that just miscommunication on? No, he, he grabbed, you know, everybody has their helmets on the sideline. He just grabbed the wrong helmet, and he was ready to go in. And then he realized he had Tyreek's helmet, and we were already coming on the field. And he was like, I need my helmet. And by the time, we, we just said, get out there, and he had to go, you know, because it was like the time, you know, he was late getting on the field. You mentioned you know. Chris Lamons earlier. I think yeah. Andy also discussed uh, Lamons and Fortson after the game on their punt coverage skills. What, what stood out to you on what they did in punt coverage? Well, uh, what, he, what he remembers is Fortson making a tackle on a punt return. He, he kind of forced him back in because Fortson's not on punt team. Lamons is on punt. Lamons was the one that was making plays on the punt team, and then Fortson made the tackle or actually forced him back in. Did a nice job forcing him back in after the after he dropped the snap, uh, and then he he also was on another snap on uh, punt return where he did a great job holding up. So, Forson's going to get a little bit more. He'll get more and more this week. You know, he was a guy that that definitely showed up in the game. Anybody else? Okay, okay thanks. 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 thanks.